Is mindset the missing link to success? What is mindset? And how can you be sure that yours is dialed in? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. We often spend a lot of time looking around at our peers, and we wonder, what is it that separates somebody who's uber successful, just as smart, maybe just as talented, maybe more talented, who isn't quite as successful? And that's the subject of today's podcast. We invited Michael Zapersky, CEO of Consulting Success and author of this really great book called The Elite Consulting Mind. And this is the field that Michael studies and Michael practices in. But we pick up some answers to all of those questions and more, as they say on radio. With Michael. Uh, Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing very well, David. Uh, Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's level set and begin with the back end mindset. Well, I'd say the the wrong mindset is is one where you don't take action. I think the right mindset is one where you do take action and you learn from from the steps that you take. You learn whether what you did was the right thing, whether your hypothesis was was valid and true, or whether it wasn't. And the wrong mindset is where you try and almost perfect everything. You overthink things. You play them out in your mind, and then that holds you back from taking action and you can't learn that way. You can develop a great plan. You can come up with all kinds of ideas. You can spend time dreaming about how wonderful the future will be. But back to how you started off the episode today, what separates those that are successful from those that aren't is how much action you take. And the more action you take, the more clarity you'll have, the more progress you'll make, and the more results you'll have. And, and that's really the, the feedback loop or the overall cycle that you want to get into is one of taking massive action, learning from it. And even if, even if your hypothesis and your belief turns out to be wrong, you can make an adjustment. And that lesson is very important for you because you now have more more information, more knowledge about what works and what doesn't work as opposed to the person that has just thought about things and planned about, you know, planned around things for quite some time, but has never really moved them forward in a, in a meaningful and tangible way. Well, I mean, I suspect that that's especially true in an interact those people find themselves in. It was Mike Tyson punched in the face. When you're out, you can plan till the cows come home, But when you're out and you're in front of a prospect or a client, you have an idea of how you want the conversation to go, but that doesn't often matter. What what matters is the way the prospect or the client wants it to go. And you have to be able to be aware and duck and weave and think that stuff through. So again, it doesn't seem as you describe it like a terrific concept. Why is it so hard for some people to figure? Yeah, I think part of it is because the mindset of most people these days is one around that information just by itself is is power. That if you have more information, that just that by itself will help you to be more successful. And what we found over the years that that's actually not true. I mean, information is important, but it can help you to make better decisions. But it still requires 
action. And so in the book that you mentioned, The Elite Consulting Mind, what we did is really kind of broke down and, and shared 16 kind of the most common mindset challenges or roadblocks that people encounter, especially in professional services, consulting, coaching, those kinds of businesses. And what we found is that most often people think that they, in order to be successful, that you need the best strategy, you know, the latest tactic, the, the latest tool, but you can have all those things and still not be successful. So how can that be the case when you can empower yourself with all this knowledge and information? You can know what you need to do. You can have the latest technology, the latest tools, all this automation. You can be doing what you see other people doing and they're successful, yet you are not. And again, back to what we found is really the distinction or the, the separation between those that are successful and those that aren't is you can have all those things, but what you still need to do is you need to take action. But in order to take action, you have to have the right mindset. And because what holds most people back from taking action is their fears, their limiting beliefs, the things that really are going on inside of their mind. And so when you can work through those and you can see, kind of you can play out those situations and, and really understand what you're dealing with and then take action to move forward, that's where you can really start to realize your potential. And that's really why you know I wrote the book, David, was seeing so many people that have this just a massive amount of, of potential within themselves, yeah, they're not realizing it because there's some kind of limiting belief, there's fear, there's uncertainty around these different and oftentimes very common situations that we all find ourselves in. But when you know how to prepare for that, you know how to deal with it, you can kind of see what's uh, what you're going to encounter before you even encounter it so that when you do encounter it, you know, okay, yeah, I've, I've heard about this. Here's how I need to think about it. Here's the shift I need to make. And then all of a sudden you start taking action in the right direction. And now all of a sudden you find out that you're able to break through that fear that you had. And that now just allows you to unlock your potential. Practice that the folks who have come self-aware yet or not, you sticks and whatnot, and maybe huge PowerPoint presentations and that the crutch. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, and I haven't thought about that intentionally before or or specifically i don't i can't say that that i think that people necessarily do that i think what people kind of find themselves in is that i mean first of all we all have fears we all have you know we all deal with some level of uncertainty some level of limiting beliefs i think what separates those that are successful from those that aren't is just recognizing that whatever fear you have whatever you feel is actually holding you back or causing you to, to hesitate others are also dealing with that but but you need to overcome that and so the fastest path that's going to move you forward is the path that, that you want to take. And so for some people, I think if I kind of bring this back to your question, what I do see many people doing is they will use things like PowerPoint or they'll, they'll really what I do what I call this, uh, building. So they, there's a, what I wrote about many years ago called the build syndrome that I think many consultants and experts and creators find themselves in where they'll spend a lot of time building things. And so that might be building a PowerPoint presentation with a lot of data and statistics. It might be building their website or their logo or creating their business plan. So they're, they're doing all these things that are that are safe, that are easy for them. These things make you feel like you are being productive because you're doing things that you believe that you need. But what actually will help you to be successful in business is not building these things. It's getting out of the proverbial building. And these days, you know, you can do that through a Zoom call. You don't have to actually physically leave your office or your home or, or whatever it might be. But you need to get out and have conversations with people. You need to do things like, you know, making a phone call, sending an email, doing a follow-up phone call, recording a, a video, going to a networking event, going to a conference. You need to do the, do the things that oftentimes are most uncomfortable for you to do. And they're not necessarily as easy or comfortable as updating your PowerPoint or your website or your LinkedIn 
LinkedIn profile or your logo, your colors or, or things of that nature that, again, might tell you that you're being productive and, and growing your business. But in fact, it's holding you back from making the progress that you really want. So if I understand you correctly, it's confidence as it is confidence. Would that be a fair statement? And, and if so, how do you move from one to the other? Well, yeah, I mean, I think confidence leads to competence and vice versa, right? So if you feel confident about something, you're then going to take action, right? So the way that I look at this model is, uh, let's say you have fear around something that you know that you need to do. Well, the moment that you start taking action towards that, you put your foot forward, you're going to likely learn that the belief that you had, the hypothesis that you had about what would happen is right or wrong. You might be successful right out of the gate, or you might not be. But let's say that you are not successful. Well, that set, that now gives you some input as to maybe why you are not successful. So if we go back to the sales conversation scenario that you mentioned earlier, you reach out to a prospective client, you have a conversation, maybe you find out that what you thought that they wanted isn't what they wanted. But if you are open to having what we call a deep, meaningful sales conversation, you're going to ask really great questions that's going to help them to identify what they truly do value. And so now, again, what they initially, what you thought they wanted, maybe they don't want, but you're able through that conversation to really identify what it is that they do want. And so now you can take that, you can rework your whole approach and make them the offer of exactly what they want. So now, you've learned what they want, right? You're making progress. You're able to make that offer. Hopefully, hopefully you're able to land that deal. But even if you don't, you're going to become much more confident because you've gotten more information. And now that you're feeling more confident, you're going to also be able to become much more competent because uh, like these two go together, right? The way that you become more competent is really by taking action. And the way that you become more confident is also by taking more action. And so as you do each of these things, it's this loop that is created, this, this cycle, as I mentioned before, the more that you take action, right, the more clear you're going to feel, the more confident you're going to feel because you're going to also start seeing results from taking that action. And when all of us, when we see results in what we're doing, we now become much more excited to do more of it, which again, gives us more confidence, gives us more competence as we're learning through that whole kind of cycle. And now a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, back to our discussion. So how do you begin somebody who's always relied on all the things you talked about, making sure your birds are just perfect and doing the perfect PowerPoint, having the perfect deck and business cards and all that stuff. How do you, as a human being, human behavior is very difficult to change. How do you move people from that perfect action to imperfect actions? How do you yeah. get them to, to say, okay, I'm done with this. I mean, there was a at a Purdue's business school a few years ago that most C-suite people would much conversation then look at a powerpoint deck and yet we've got people trounced over the world with these ungodly powerpoint decks 
couple of things that are are challenging for the client, not the least of them, is just saying to the client, I'm the white horse here. What they really want is Yoda. How do you do that as a human being? The first part of it, David, is understanding and trying to identify what is your limiting belief? You know, where is that fear coming from? And so we'll take the example of, let's say, reaching out to an executive to have a conversation. What's the fear around that? Well, I might get turned down. They might say no. They might you know, not even respond to me. So it's kind of that, that potentially fear of failure or fear of, of rejection. Then the next thing that I would encourage people to look at is, well, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, you know, let's say you left the corporate world to become a consultant. That's where, where all of our clients are, right? They've, they've done that. Now, why do you do that? And this is a conversation I actually had with one client. And she told me because it was around her marketing. She knew she needed to do her marketing. She knew she needed to be consistent with it. But she found that very often when kind of the time came, she would put it off doing the uncomfortable things that she didn't really enjoy and had some fear around and hesitation around. And she would then start doing other work or other client work. But she knew she needed to do that. And so I asked her, why did you leave the corporate world? Like you were making a wonderful salary. You were at high levels, you know, in corporate America. Why did you do that? Well, I did it because I want to spend more time with my kids. I wanted to, to be present. Okay, well, so next time that you have in your calendar to work on your marketing, I want you to, to think about your kids. I want you to think about the reason that you left the corporate world to start your own consulting business. And she told me a, a week after that she had absolutely no problem doing those things, doing the marketing activities the following week, because she knew why. It wasn't about her. It wasn't, oh yeah, I just need to do these marketing things because I'm supposed to do them. It, she was able to connect the outcome that she was desiring to, to help her to take action. Uh, and I think that's really important for all of us is to first of all understand that, of course, as we take action, imperfect action by definition means that it's not gonna be perfect. It means that we're gonna make mistakes. It means that things aren't gonna work out 100% of the time. But when you look at the most successful people in any given industry, you very quickly start to see that nobody hits 100%. You know, that the, you, hit, you enter the hall of fame even when you strike out seven out of, out of 10 times. Look at any famous artist. And you will see that only a very small percentage of their songs are actually songs that people remember and know. They have many songs that were not successful. Same with, with painters, right? Fine artists. Many of their pieces, probably hundreds or thousands of their pieces, no one even knows about. There, but there's a few that everybody talks about. That comes from taking action. You have to be prolific. You have to you know, do what you're supposed to be doing on a regular basis because you don't know what's going to work all the time. But when you take action, good things happen. And so, first of all, just understanding that, that you don't need to be perfect, that nobody's perfect. That's number one. Number two, get very clear on why are you doing this? Because if you don't have a clear why, you're likely not going to do the things that you know that you need to do. You're not going to do the things that are uncomfortable for you to do. But when you become clear on why you're doing these things, why is it meaningful for you? What do you really want to change? What kind of impact do you really want to have? Then when push comes to shove and you are at that moment where you need to make the decision to begin the things that aren't the most fun, but that you know that are critical to grow your business or to grow your career, you're going to do them because, again, you're connecting it back to that why. One of the things that you talk about in the book, and you spend a fair amount of time talking about this, and you've, you've touched on it, but I'd, I'd like to get a little deeper into it, is discovering the origins of your beliefs or your limiting beliefs. That sounds to me like psychotherapy. Do you go that deep You know, when you're helping somebody kind of dig themselves out of this rut and moving from one side of your equation? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm, I'm certainly not a psychotherapist. I don't have any training in any of that kind of stuff, although my father was a practicing psychiatrist. So oftentimes clients and friends will say, well, that explains, you know, your behavior, Michael, and why you are the way you are. I don't know how much of that is true. I'm sure there's there's semblance of truth there. But no, I mean, I think it comes back to human nature, just understanding the dynamics of, of psychology and of performance. 
And in my own kind of journey and experience of, of building businesses over the last 23 years and seeing where I've struggled the most, where I've had fears and worries and quote unquote failures that I just look at, at lessons learned. And again, it's, it's coming back to what you opened up the episode with, David, what really separates those that are successful from those that struggle. And you start to see that the biggest part of this is, again, it's not about that, that one person knows these amazing tactics or strategies or has read this book or taken this course or whatever it might be. It's that one person's mindset is that they understand that in order to reach their destination, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to go down the wrong path and have to figure out how to get back onto the right path. And when you understand how the mind works around that, that makes you stronger. And so I think when you really compare the successful person versus the person that struggles, the person who's successful actually looks at these experiences as a positive. And the more that you accumulate of these, the stronger that you become. And so whether you're running a $100,000 company, a million-dollar company, a $10 million company, a $10 billion company, we all have struggles. We all have fears. We all have worries and concerns. The difference is that as you continue going down these paths longer and longer, you accumulate more of them. And so you're, you're able to move at a much faster pace and things that typically would slow somebody down who doesn't have those experiences doesn't slow you down because you've already seen those things before, you're prepared for them, and you keep taking action regardless and, and even in the face of uncertainty and fear. So would you say that it really starts from a base of self-awareness of being able to be introspective and look at what's holding you back and where you fail and where you why you can't get to that action state? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a really good point. I would say, for, in my mind, probably haven't really thought as much of the word self-awareness, but I think it requires you to be vulnerable, to be open, to seek feedback, to understand that it's very likely that you yourself, as one person, cannot get to where you want to get to, probably in the, in the time that, that you want. And again, when you study the most successful people in, in all different industries, so this time let's just talk about, you know, look at athletes. I heard somebody say the other day, it's, you know, it was funny to them to think that someone like Usain Bolt, you know, the gold medal sprinter for many years, had a coach and the coach didn't look like, you know, they've even ran a day in their life. How's that possible? Well, it's possible because every high performer, right, is going to have a coach, they're going to have a mentor, they're going to have someone that they can learn from. And that I think is is the key is understanding that you want to be open, you want to be vulnerable, you want to first identify where is the resistance, where are you currently having those blocks, where are those beliefs coming from? And sometimes those limiting beliefs are coming from our experiences in childhood, things that we were told that we, we can't do or shouldn't do. And again, I'm not an expert in psychotherapy or psychology or, or any of those areas. But just speaking from experience, I mean, I know that many things that have shaped the way that I look at the world and at life is directly connected to how I grew up and the challenge that I had as a child and the experiences that I had as a child and the, the things that were wonderful that I had as a child. All those shape us. We can't change the past, but all of us, I think, want to try to understand where we are today in the present and what might be holding us back and then looking for solutions and guidance to improve in the areas that we currently feel like we are, are stuck at minutes. And one of the last things I'd like to make sure I touch on, because everybody who's got clients has this problem. You talk about the power of saying no. What's that all about? And why is it important, Michael? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's many different ways to look at this and, and think about it. But I think as you become more and more successful, you're going to start to have more opportunities coming your way. More people will want access to you just to, quote unquote, pick your brain or to take you out for a coffee. And you need to be discerning. You're going to want to say yes to the right opportunities, but you're also going to want to say very clearly no to the wrong ones. Time is kind of that most valuable asset that we all have, right? And there's a very 
kind of finite amount of, of time that we all have available. So you want to look at, again, what is your goal? And when an opportunity comes your way or a client comes your way, you want to be able to make a decision and say no to the wrong ones. And I think this is why it's so critical that we actually all get clear on what are our values, what's important to us, how do, you know, what is the model for our business, for our careers, so that we have a way to filter, we have a way to qualify the opportunities that, that come to us. And we can then very clearly say yes to the right ones and say no to the wrong ones. But another key part of this too, David, is that if we just say yes to everything that comes our way, and let's say you take on a client or a bunch of work because you just think, yeah, I need the work or I don't really feel like I want to say no to this potential revenue and income coming in. But if you fill up your calendar with all these clients and projects and opportunities that aren't ideal, well, now you have no time to say yes to the right opportunities. And not only can you not say yes to the right opportunities, you won't be even thinking about the right opportunities because you'll be so busy just trying to take care of the wrong opportunities. And I think that is it's very hard to do at the early stages of your career, or your business, because you, most people are of the mindset of, oh, I'll just take everything and you know I need to get things going. And that's understandable. But as quickly as possible, you want to try to be much more discerning and say no to the wrong opportunities so that you have the space, the time, the energy, the focus, and the ability to say yes to the right ones. And I think that's a big factor of success. Again, when you look at those who are successful from those who are struggling, those that succeed are very clear about what they want, what is who is the right kind of client, what is the, the right price point, do they share the same values, and then they build their business around that. And that also starts to create a bit of a, a mirror effect because if you fill your business with all these projects and clients that aren't ideal, it's very hard then to showcase those clients as case studies or testimonials or use that to build into your marketing materials because they're the wrong people. But if you say yes to the right people and you have built up a lot you know, of case studies and testimonials of the right people, well, now that's going to help you to start attracting more and more of those same kind of people. And that's a great place to end our conversation today. We'll link to it in the show notes, the elite consultant. Michael Zapersky, CEO of Consulting Success. Michael, thanks so much. David, thanks so much for having me on. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.